What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Kings and Priests. And today, Kings and Priests is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Dwell Bible. So since launching in 2018, Dwell's mission has been to help Christians rediscover the ancient practice of listening to scripture through their beautiful digital experience. They offer more than 20 hand-picked voices across 11 translations. Uh, one of those is an international children's Bible. So there's kids content on there as well for all you parents. Uh, they offer a 30-day trial on all new accounts. Uh, you can get started today by going to dwellbible.com backslash good or texting good to 39383. And those details are in our show notes. So thanks to the amazing folks at Dwell. And uh, I actually think we're going to have one of their co-founders on here coming up in like six weeks or so. Just hear, cool. hear about their story and... Um, what caused them to kind of launch it? They launched from Kickstarter. They raised their first Love seed that. funding on Kickstarter, and uh, yeah, they're doing amazing. So great. that'll be a fun, that'll be a fun combo. What's up? How are you, Dean? Everything's up and everything's great. Uh, you know, oh, starts right. of the year we're we're flying, and <laughs> you know, just really focused. Like. Yeah, all the budgets are done and everyone's like the team's really focused. We've got four areas of growth that we're really kind of focused on. So, you know, okay. working hard over here. Just got great. everybody aligned. And I've seen, you yeah. know, it seems like everybody is laying off, but I've seen on social media, you guys are hiring. So that's mm -hmm. a good, yeah, we, that's a good thing. We did, yeah, we didn't um, go bonkers on the hiring um, in the last two years. And, and we, we just hire as we need to. My theory around mm -hmm. that is, you know, especially in departments that, are, you know, add, add revenue, sales, marketing, um, you know, I just want everyone there running at about 110%, right? And the management saying to me, hey, we're, <laughs> we're either losing opportunities because there's not enough hours in the day. So that gets my attention really quick. And, uh, and you know, the guys' the calendars are full. And so, okay, let's yeah. hire someone. That's we, what I was I about to say. And hope. <laughs> yeah, well, I would all any salespeople that are going to listen hearing this, you're going to hate me for it. But I saw something a couple of days ago, and I may have been a Twitter thread or something. And it was like, basically, you know, if your salespeople are coming to your sales manager saying, hey, we need to make more hires, you know, we're, we're busy, our CRM's backlogged, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. He was like, the simple solution to find out if it's real is just go look and see how full their calendar is. Because exactly. it's like, it's like, I think, I think the guy said something like, you know, they should have three days a week where they are booked almost back to back. And until, and, and until they are so busy in sales calls that yeah. every other part of what they do is suffering, you don't hire someone else. And I was like, that's a good, yeah. I guess that's a yeah. good, that's a good way of thinking, you know? That's why you pay really close attention to all, all the metrics, right? And like, cause uh, you know, we, we run a lot of systems. We know how many minutes, how many minutes they, they are on the phone a week, our sales guys. And then we know how many deals they close and, close and how many demos they do. So, you know, the, the managers over there, they compile a lot of that and bring it to the, you know, executive team. And you, you can kind of, you know, that's how See you really quickly. Spot. Yeah. Who's doing what? <laughs> and, uh, Hey, this guy made less phone calls, but he closed more deals. We want more of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Salespeople yeah. are hard because, you know, we know how to talk really well. We know how to like, uh -huh. we, we know how to do <laughs> I am one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's, it, we're the best at job interviews. We're the best at, you know, cause we know, we know how to, um, okay. So speaking of sales, I was having a conversation with a listener to the podcast. 
last week, actually. I'll keep what he does, you know, private just to not fully, you know, dox him is I think the word <laughs> the kids, the kids use these days. Um, but he's listened, he's listened to all the, all of our podcast episodes, uh, about a year and a half, uh, about a year and a half ago, he transitioned from essentially working and I don't know the details, but working on staffs at different organizations over the years and leadership development stuff and, and all that. And he has for the past year and a half kind of branched out into essentially building a service base, his own like service based business. Right. Um, and he, I, I know him, I've known him a while. He's a hustler. He worked hard. He, he's, he's not one of those guys that you're just like, ah, are they giving it everything? He's a guy that's like giving it everything. He's focused, but he's now like about a year and a half into it. And he's like, man, I'm just not, I'm not really even making enough money to pay my bills doing this. Oh, wow. So his question for me was like, when, when do you quit? Like, when do you give up? When, when do you say, okay, I'm trying to start this thing. Enough is enough. And then how do you tell if it's just, maybe you're just not quite good enough at what you're trying to sell yet. Maybe the market doesn't need it. And it kind of opened up this conversation of, you know, well, what do I do then? If I've been trying to do this thing, well, what do I do? And then the conversation went to, well, man, you, you're obviously really, you love doing sales because you're loving trying to build this thing. You're great at talking to people. And so the conversation then went into, okay, well, how do I, how do I break into doing some kind of sales for a company? Mm -hmm. But it brought up an interesting conversation to me, which is like, guy goes out on his own, tries to do his thing. Yep. You know, he's not going into debt. He's not like his life's, but he's a single guy young, so he can live off of nothing. But he's now getting right. to the place where he's like, man, even if this succeeds, I don't know if it's going to do for me what right. I need need for it to yeah. do. So when do you yeah. when do you tell an entrepreneur, hey man, enough's enough, go get a job for a while? The thing about entrepreneurs is that they'll fail and you know dust it off and get on the horse. That, that's what a real entrepreneur is. So if you tried something for a year and a half and it didn't work and you and you bail. Maybe you're not an entrepreneur, right? You're just a guy that had an idea and tried to sell something and do something. You know, when when's the time to finish? Like when when you're absolutely if you don't believe in what you're doing anymore, and you, right. you don't have like put aside you're running out of money, put aside you know the setbacks of not getting a sale. If you can't see where this thing's going by looking into the future and imagining what it could be, you kill it. Yep. You get out. You get ASAP. Because if you can't see it, you you can't have it. Uh -huh. If you don't see the future of this thing being successful, it's not going to be. So if your vision's gone, because yep. you started with a vision typically, right? right? Mm -hmm. You started with, a, oh, here's a company idea, here's a product idea, here's a service idea, like, here's a market idea, I can see us doing this, 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 this. And you go into the future, you know, six, 12 months, five years, you know, we could have 40, you know, customers in, in the first whatever. If That's how you begin. And if that gets turned off and you are just the winds out of your sails and you can't see the future, you kill it. Yep. And if in the process you learn something about yourself or what you're actually good at, you just need maybe a better product or service to sell um, and get passionate about, you know, well, it wasn't wasted. You sharpened some skills. You learned what you're better at and what you're not good at. And then you just go and bang the door down on, you know, 500 mm -hmm. companies mm -hmm. and with of a product that you could get excited about right? and go do it. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's just that at some point, the kind of removing emotions from it, looking at it very pragmatically and going, 
is this working? No. Okay. I got to make a decision, right? I I would put that second to the vision thing. Like Mm -hmm. if you're running out of money and it's not working, but you still believe in it, you will go and drive Ubers at night and get up. Like you will work like 18 hour days because you believe in it. Yep. You won't do that if you don't believe in it. So right. if it's failure, it's not a reason to stop. Right. The passion and vision of the business that's a, is yeah, the that's reason that keeps you going. Right. So if you still right. have that, go find a way to fund it. And this the, the gig economy now is like awesome yeah. for entrepreneurs. And I, you know, I'm in Uber's, you know, a bit, and uh, it's it's probably fifty percent of the guys that I'm, you know in an yep. Uber with a, 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 another business, right? Yep. Uber is just a way for them to keep the other business. That's the dream. Uber is mm-hmm. not the dream. This thing is a dream. So, you know, good point. if you don't have the passion and the vision. Yeah, that's a really good point. If, if it's something that you're just going, man, I, I love doing this. I want to keep doing it. And I actually still really right. believe in it. I just pragmatically need to make more money. Then you can right. shift, you know, you can, you can shift the amount of time you're focused on it. That's a really good point. So it's not always yeah. necessarily a binary stop and do something else completely um especially if you're young especially if you're young and i was talking to him i was like dude you are young and single and have no debt and you can live off of nothing if you want to keep doing this there's no there's no like time limit here until you decide yeah i don't believe in this thing anymore absolutely yeah so yeah i think it's about you know if you can't see the future of this thing going where you thought it could go when you began to think about you know that that thing you bail, but if you still got the fire, man, you just got the spark in your eye, and that's this great. Thing could go, yeah, go and hustle and make it work. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so we do this thing on Good Theology podcast mm-hmm. that we've actually been doing since the beginning, and it's a segment called Toxic Theology. And so the mm-hmm. way that that works is, I obviously, you know, your son who hosts that show is one of my best friends, and because I know him so well, I know what gets under his skin. <laughs> and then I know his co-host David Campbell very well, and I know what gets yep. under his skin. And so I have an like of a burner Twitter account where I follow all of the theologians that I know they disagree with. Right. And I basically use that as bait to yep. do a segment which going. we call toxic theology. So I came uh-huh. across a tweet the other day, and I thought this would be like a good. This is this is the equivalent of one for Dean. Uh, toxic, so I think from time to time, ideas. toxic toxic business ideas, toxic. I almost think we should call it like. All of these ideas come from, and I don't want to hate on this person because in many ways I am that like solopreneur guy, just hustling, grinding. A lot of these are from accounts of guys that are like, here's how to make $10,000 a month in 30 days, do it, right? So it's it's these like online gurus, right? So maybe we call it like, I don't know what we call it. We'll we'll come up with a name for the segment. Okay. But I, I... I, I read this one and it was great because it literally goes against probably the thing that you have talked about. Top three things you've talked about most right. since we've started okay. this podcast. He said, you don't need to be an expert in anything to start a business. Just start and learn as you go. <laughs> that is the opposite of what I say. Um, yeah, I almost, look. I literally almost just tag like a belief the thing on it on Twitter just tagged you on it so that you would yeah. so that you would see it. Oh yeah, I might have said something on it too. <laughs> you know, look, it, it, I don't know, but I don't know if this guy's done that and he was successful. Good for you, 
the the odds like so everything has you know a, a chance of being successful right is it a one in a ten is it a one in a hundred <laughs> is it a one right. in a million right. and so i would i would put the just start doing something with no expertise and learn as you go in the one in a million yeah and I, the odds go up dramatically when you actually have knowledge about something yep. that you're going to build yes. and so now you get to maybe one in a hundred so i mean it's just an odds thing to me like i can yep. throw darts all day long and hopefully it hit something but I, i'm i want to not waste time yes right like and like if you're 40 or if you're 30 you've you've got knowledge you've got at least 10 years of being an adult where you've had, you know, you've worked for businesses, you've maybe you've tried a couple of things, you've got all this knowledge. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's where you're going to draw from, but mm -hmm. learn as you go. I believe in. Yes. Cause I'm very much like that, uh -huh. but not the, the seed of, of the thing that you're going to problem right. that you're going to solve. Right. You, you've got to have some understanding and expertise about the right. problem you're going to solve. And then you can, I've learned plenty of things on the go. I'm a hundred percent into that. Right. But I think the, the, the first thing that causes you to go in a certain direction must be informed. Mm -hmm. Then once I'm on the path, I can learn as I go. If I, mm -hmm. if I take a, a two millimeter left turn the wrong direction mm -hmm. by the, and try and learn as I go, but I've gone in the wrong direction, I'm like not going to hit you right. know, the mark. There. So in the beginning of when I start out now, can you pivot? Sure. Can you take turns? Mm -hmm. But you must have a sense of conviction around, you know, what it is you're doing. Right. And then, you know, and then just go and, you know, learn as you go for sure. But it shouldn't be the uh, starting point of just going. Yeah. Well, it's almost like if you take that, if you take that sentence and just replace it with an actual concrete business, like yeah. you don't need to be an expert in Amazon Plumbing. marketplace to start Amazon. an Amazon business. You, yeah, you don't need to be an expert in public. You don't need to be an expert in day trading or options trading to, right. to start doing it. Just start and learn yeah. as you go. Like it's, right. it's, it's like starting and learning as you go is kind of like hobby leading to yeah. potential yeah. business, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay, first segment Keep of them coming. bad business advice. Uh, uh, yeah, bad. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll come up with a good we'll come up with a good name for it. So that's good. Yeah, I, I like that. It's almost like you don't need to be an expert. Well, that's kind of like selling someone short. Well, you're an expert in something, like you said. If you've lived yeah. any well, kind of life, idiot. and you haven't exactly. learned anything in life, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those exactly. are, those aren't our listeners. I don't think <laughs> no. our listeners are smart people, people of faith who are yep. deliberate and uh, and want to go change the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, this next topic, we're going to start today. And, you know, we're doing these episodes. When we first started episodes, we were doing them longer. Now we're doing a bit shorter, between 25 and 30 minutes. That's what our audience seems to really love. And so I, I, I re-came across this tweet storm from, from this guy, Naval, uh, that went viral a few years ago called How to Get Rich Without Getting Lucky. So what I want to do is basically today we're going to run through a few of these. And then over the next, you know, five, six weeks, we'll run through a couple more um, in each, uh, episode. And what I'm thinking we do here is not necessarily, uh, does the practical principle make sense? We may touch on that, but does this align with our belief as Christians? Because okay. 
and 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 sort of the world that we're trying to build as believers, the way we view wealth, the way we, we view success, right? So I want to just like, you know, just toss a few of these to you and see what you think. So for those of you guys that don't know who Naval is, he's an entrepreneur and investor, um, co-founder and chairman of AngelList. I mean, gosh, he was an early stage investor in Uber, Foursquare, Twitter, Postmates, mm-hmm. Notion, Open Door, Stack, gosh, Bolt. I call these like little proverbs, right? These are great little one line. It's almost, yeah, that's almost what it is, right? It's just like a, yeah. uh, it's um, okay. So let's let's so so the thread is this: how to get rich without getting lucky. Um, the first one is this: seek wealth, not money or status. Wealth is having assets that earn while you sleep, and money is how we transfer time and wealth. Status is your place in the social hierarchy. So again, very philosophical. But yeah. what he's saying here is money and status doesn't really have any value other than maybe fulfilling our own ego as humans, right? Wealth right. is having assets that earn while you sleep. So like, what's he saying here? And then as a Christian, how do we think about these things like wealth, money, status? Right. Yeah. The difference between what I think he's saying between wealth, which is, sounds like assets that are earning, maybe it's real estate, maybe it's stocks, maybe it's a business, um, a brand, whatever. So, you know, I think what he's saying, which is quite biblical in that, you know, as Christian business people, we're trying to build companies and build wealth, not for ourselves, typically. Um, the Bible is okay with you taking care of your own family. and But really, it's so we can be more generous. Someone, someone asked me a, about a week ago, they said, like, Dean, you've done really well. Like, like I, you know, I you know, I'm 58 and I'm gearing up for this next five year plan of what I want to do. And, yep. and, you know, and they're like, like, you're already fine. Like, what are you going to do with more? Right. right. Just like, actually, you know, uh, my wife, Pauline answered for, for me before yeah. I could even get out. She's, she's like, he's just going to give more away. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, as a believer, we start with this premise of wanting to be, uh, to build wealth so we can be generous. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, kind of automatically kind of takes the money as the motivator off the table for for Mm -hmm. believers. I think money is just a tool for us. Money um, can't buy happiness, but it can make you, you know, comfortable, but really, you know, the idea around building asset wealth that is going to keep working for you um, no matter what is what we're all striving for. And it's really putting money in its place. Money is not our God. Money is the tool that we have to go and get good things done with. That's about yep. it. But uh, so how do you side having assets that accumulate wealth? So on that topic, how do you, and if this is too personal, we can cut it. When That's you fine. think about the wealth. So you've, you have essentially built a business and you're now, okay. My immediate family, my wife, my kids, my grandkids, my grandkids, kids. Like when you're now thinking, okay, I'm, planning for the next five, 10 years of my life. How mm-hmm. long ahead are you thinking? Like, are you thinking, man, this is obviously I'm going to be generous. I'm going to give away, but there's also mm-hmm. this biblical mandate to build. Uh, I think there's a proverb about leaving, leaving an inheritance to your children's children. A wise, a wise man sure. leaves inheritance to his children's children. So sure. what, what motivate, what motivating factor does that have to, for someone like you as a believer going, man, I'm, I'm kind of like re I'm, I'm, I am in some ways kind of 
setting my family generationally on a brand new trajectory? Is that something that you go, man, that's something that is a motivating factor? I didn't start there, but as, as you become, you know, as you accumulate wealth and I'm not extremely wealthy, but by any stretch, but you know, probably more than most, um, you start thinking about stuff like that, but you know what? I, I just, you know, I want the kingdom to flourish. I want, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm not worried about the church. I'm not worried about the kingdom of God expanding on the earth, but you know, I, I am a bit. <laughs> and so, right. you know, I, I think about what we should be funding and how we should be, you know, like even what we do here and what all, everything that happens at Bast, you know, it's like, we need these, this voice and right. we need this pushback on and what is, I think, demonic is what's happening right. in different parts of the culture. Mm-hmm. Things that, that, you know, we're being told to believe it's evil. Right. And so I just get motivated to, and you need a capital to fight back. Right. right. Sm- smartly. Right. Yep. You need capital to push back against a culture that I think is evil and destroying humanity. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to, resource the culture that you know helps humanity and grows humanity and leads humanity to you know to faith in christ so Mm -hmm. you know it's it's a bit weird but you know i think as a christian we should be thinking like that yep well it was like that super i mean i remember in the earliest days of us talking about vast i came across that quote from chamath polyhapatia that was it was an interview with him and he was like i've made a lot of money and I'm going to use this money to take the ideas that I think are really important into the world and, and put, a, put essentially a war chest behind them. And that was kind right. of like, even with Vast going like, man, if we believe this stuff, then yeah. like, it's an important thing to figure out a way to put into the world. And you're kind of saying, man, I think about that across the board. How is it serving the church? How is it serving missions? How is it serving business people? Mm-hmm. So there's this mm-hmm. like bigger picture motivation. Yeah. So it's not how much money can I get for myself or my family? What is, mm-hmm. what, what status does this get me? Those things are, right. you know, sort of like random byproducts of it, but it's yeah, the the kind of, things like I could care less about, right? I'm right. not looking for status. I'm not looking right. for, I'm just looking to, you know, build an inheritance for my children and their children. Yep. And yep. I'm going to have an overflow to be yep. able to you know, support and build the kingdom of God. That's great. One of his uh, two underneath this, he says, ignore people playing status games. I love yeah. that just as a, huh. which is, it's, it's like, like Jesus says, you know, the meek are going to inherit the earth, right? Like, like yeah. he, he, he who is last will be first and he who is first will be last. And oftentimes when you get in like the business entrepreneur space, it is ultimate status games being played. <laughs> right. Yeah. And there's levels of it. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, you and I spend time in Los Angeles, Yes. And how many people have, you know, leased the German luxury car? Yeah. And are literally spending, I'll tell you a funny story on this too, are literally spending like half of their paycheck on driving to a restaurant, getting to the valet, pulling out $20 that they don't have mm-hmm. and getting out of their BMW. Yep. Right. So th- th- there's <clears throat> a, those people are idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to the, the crew at um, Ramsey Solutions the other day, mm-hmm. um, and we, we're doing some fun stuff with them. I'll, yeah. I'll be able to talk in a little bit. But, yeah, D- Dave's on TikTok, right? And I'm a, okay. I'm, a part, 
Yeah, so which is awesome. I have like the guy's nearly seventy. Yeah, and he's such a badass man. He just like yeah. rips people. And and there was this, some thread about oh, someone leased this car and they're they're all boasting. I got my it's like fifteen hundred dollars a month for this truck, and, and I'm spending twenty five hundred for this Porsche. And they were boasting about car payments. And then like one of Dave's people, I think, and then Dave got dragged into it is just ripping them. Yeah, like you guys are idiots. Mm-hmm. And so. Look, it's just, you know, we we don't think like that. And right. it's such a, you know, and I, I see people that are poor flushing down the toilet. Yeah, right. And because they, they don't understand the principle of compound, mm-hmm. right? If I, if I took that $1,000 car payment and, and got out of this instant gratification of driving yeah. this truck mm-hmm. and I took that money and I invested it in an S&P, you know, yep. 500, you know, and I just did that for five years, you know, know. it's just, it drives me nuts. You I know? know. So it, yeah, the saddest thing is not for us. I know. I, I see it with people my age who are like buying their first homes, right. And they go get the pre-approval and, and that mm-hmm. pre-approval number for them is the amount they're going to buy on a house. Not, mm-hmm. do I need to spend this money on a house? Do I, do I actually right. need like just because just because the bank's saying this is what we're going to give you, yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah it's fascinating. Status games, yeah. status games tend to, I think, get us off focus, and it's just not. Yeah, okay. So here's here's the last last little one, and I, I love this. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to love it. Understand that ethical wealth creation is possible. If you secretly despise wealth, it will elude you. Yeah. So this is a guy who's not a Christian, not a believer. Um, right basically saying no ethical wealth creation is possible and if it's something that you hate it's going to elude you well it would if you hate ethical wealth creation you you could be a socialist right like what he's trying to say i think yeah. is there's there's you know unethical wealth creation yep doing things that maybe hurt the environment maybe hurt people maybe right, right? that's unethical uh that take people like scams and mm-hmm. you know and then there's ethical which is you've literally followed the rules you pay your taxes, right? You treat the customer like you build the product, an ethical business that's providing a real service and serving the community. And in in that stride, you become wealthy. If you if you think that's evil, you're probably a socialist, right? <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, well, some kind of form of like on that spectrum, because no one should despise ethical wealth creation, right? And, and ethical wealth creation in the hands of people, Christian or not, that have, you know, benevolent hearts to do good with their wealth. Mm-hmm. That's how the world works. There is no other place that money is created from other than people working hard, building products, selling services. There's, the government does not have money. Right. Money does not come from any other place other than human beings being productive yeah. and creating wealth out of that productivity. That's where the money comes from. The mm-hmm. government can take it, take tax and hopefully do good things with it. Mostly not. Mostly not. Right. Mostly not. When I'm going on a tangent, a t- you know, a, a soft spot for me, but yeah, ethical wealth creation, man, you can't be against that. Mm-hmm. And so go, go and stand in a dark room for, for six hours and think about it. And uh, hopefully you'll come out going, yep, I'm into it. <laughs> I love it. Amazing. All right. Well, any other any other thoughts before we 
before we call no, this I, one. Yeah, no, I, I'm, you know, stock market up in the month of January was a bit surprising to me. Yeah. It's, it's, you know? Did you see uh, Michael Burry just tweeted the other day, uh, you know, the big short, the guy from the big short? Mm hmm. Just tweeted, sell. Just, <laughs> like, just so, so ominous. I and then the like the next two days, it's just, it's, oh, it's bonkers. So, it's rocketing. Look, you know, I got a bunch of strategies that are fairly conservative right now. Mm -hmm. So, I'm just going to hang tight and, yep. you know, I want to get through to the third quarter yep. and see what's what. And, uh, yep. you know, that'd cool. be wise. I want I want to plan an episode, and this only half of our listeners may like this one, but I think it'll be fun. Have you seen the uh, acquisitions that are happening in the golf space where Callaway, mm -hmm. basically all these golf brands are now going and signing all these golf YouTubers? Yep. And I, I, I want to figure, I'm like, I've gotten weirdly fascinated with how this is working yeah. because like, is it a sponsorship? Are they, are they buying these companies? What, right. what's like the whole thing? But they're spending, I mean, eight figures on these the whole, on the on these I'll youtube accounts you and these by the way these golfers some of these youtube accounts are average golfers right yeah you know what i mean like right. but they got but they got you know half a million youtube subscribers and i'm just right. like i'm fascinated with this move in these like legacy golf brands embracing yeah. this yeah. kind of like barstool sports style content right. um right and, i will pre and, i'll make a prediction mm -hmm. by the end of this year 2023 the golf world will look massively different than it is even just today. And, 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 in, and, you know, if we're, if we're still around and doing this podcast in January 24, let's put it in our calendar to talk about it. Cause yep. it, there's things like that are going on. Obviously all the live stuff is going on, mm -hmm. but it, it is look, look, if a live, if a live player wins the masters. I didn't get right. that. Try again. Hey Siri, <laughs> be quiet. I'm not talking to you. Um, PGA is half tier. PGA PGA yeah. is half tier. Your your yeah. Apple Watch. Um, if a live player wins the Masters, like you imagine it's, if Cam Smith won the Masters, it's game over. I mean, it's it's game over. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to have two leagues, and they're going to have to play each other because it'll be mm -hmm. the best television golf event in the history of the yep. world. And yep. that's how you how we got the Super Bowl. Yep. And so it is. It, that's it's a that's a, it might a, take one year, might might take three years. But it's going to change everything. It's going to happen. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Dean, as usual, it's always fun. Love it. Um, Thanks, Mike. We'll, we'll see you again next week.